The camp ended a few days early. Why? Uh, well, that was an incident. What happened? I punched Mickey Mantle in the mouth. What? Yeah, I punched him and they took him to the hospital and then they canceled the rest of the week. You punched who in the mouth? Mickey Mantle. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are an Australian-based podcast, and uh, every week we pick an episode of Seinfeld at random and discuss the secondary characters from it. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen. And I'm the other host, Ivan. And this week we're going to season four. Uh, we're talking about the visa. That's right. Season four, episode 15, and part of the big story arc in Jerry or Jerry and, and the Core Force universe in season four. Lots of things happened, and things that carry over from previous episodes go into this one. Yeah, and if few things are resolved or at least uh, for five seasons and then they come to fruition in the finale <laughs> indeed and there's only a few secondary characters in this one i've got notes on cheryl fong uh, as well as babu's brother who you see in this episode babu himself in the context of this episode because we have already done an episode with Babu Bunt. We've done a What's the Deal with episode way back when, so if you want a full in-depth analysis of him, go back to that one, but we'll talk about him in the context of this episode, because he has uh, quite a few uh, emotions in this one. Yeah, he uh, crosses the emotional spectrum from uh, <laughs> from joy to rage. Yeah, indeed, like he did in the cafe yeah. in season three. And also, I got a few notes on Ping. This is his third of four appearances on the show, and this is the first time we're going to speak about him. Yeah, that's yeah. true, that's yeah, true. We haven't done the other episodes he's in yet. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's a strange coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't have any other notes on any other secondaries. Uh, if you want to talk to us about secondaries, you can email us at bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We're on all forms of social media at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, you can listen to uh, all of our previous episodes on whatever podcast app you choose. And if you want to support us financially, we do have a Patreon. Yeah, that's right. Patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. You get early access to this episode as well as bonus podcasts, including Curbcast, which uh, season two, which we're just finishing now. Uh, so by the time this comes out to all of you. Episode 10, the season two finale, will be out. That's right. And we've got some uh, pretty cool content coming up. We're going to do a review of 23 Hours to Kill, the latest Jerry Seinfeld uh, Netflix stand-up special. And in a week or two, we're going to start recording our season 11. That's uh, right. The follow-up to season 10. So we're just doing a bit more writing, some last-minute revisions, because we want this one to be better than season 10. So uh, Hopefully. We just need a little bit more time. So we really do appreciate your patience. I know we've been saying for the last few months, yeah, we're doing season 11. Yeah, we're doing it. But it's, it's going to happen, don't worry. I yeah, promise. we'd rather get it right than rush it out just for the sake of uh, putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. If you don't want to support us financially, but you still want to help us out, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast app of choice. Um, it does help us uh, with visibility and just spreading the word about all the Seinfeld love. And finally, finally, if you want to join in on some Seinfeld fun, you can join our unofficial Facebook group, Seinfeldisms, uh, nearly up to 70,000 members, and it is officially the biggest Seinfeld group on all of Facebook. Mm. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Just type Seinfeldisms into your Facebook search bar. You just had to have the big Facebook page. I did, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have two small groups and put them together. No, no, I'd you have, have to the go big all in. one. You had to go all in. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be actually a good Seinfeld group. Uh, the big salad. The big Facebook salad. Yeah, the yeah. big group. <laughs> the big group. Or maybe if you get to like 100,000 people, you might change the name. No, I think I'll keep it as Seinfeldism. Keep it as Seinfeldism. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Because <laughs> Seinfeldism is easier to search than the big salad. Yeah, that's You know it. what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, let's get straight to it. So Seinfeldism is the namesake of your Facebook page. 
page. It is the intersection of real life and Seinfeld. So, Stephen, you told me you had a really good one this week. So, what's happened? Yeah, I've got two. I'll start up with a really good one. Uh, today, I was listening to a, another Seinfeld podcast. They're called No Hugging, No Learning. Uh, they're two guys from America. I don't know where they're from exactly. They just sort of stick to your typical chronological analysis of uh, a TV, of, of Seinfeld, similar to Seinfeld. Mm. Um, a bit more succinct, not as detailed as Seinfeld. Yeah. But uh, in their little preamble, um, they actually gave us a shout out. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. And what makes it even cooler and weird is that the episode where they gave us a shout out was the visa. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I was listening to it. I just wanted their take uh, on the visa, you know, just to sort of give me some ideas about when we start talking about secondary characters. Oh, wow. And uh, I was listening to it. I usually listen to podcasts on double speed, so sometimes I miss things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard blah, 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 but I don't want to be a secondary character. And I thought, did I just hear the name of our podcast? So, I went back and played it at normal speed. And uh, one of the hosts said that we had recently followed them, I think, on Instagram. Oh, okay. Or right. maybe Twitter. Yeah. Um, and they gave us a shout out. Sweet. And they said at the time of recording, which was about five or six weeks ago, because they're just at the end of season four or the start of season five in their order, that they hadn't actually listened to us, uh, but they were going to check us out. And uh, yeah, they thought it was cool that we were doing, uh, a, you know, something a bit different. Yeah, really cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, I guess have a listen to No Hugging, No Learning. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to those guys. So yeah, share thanks. the love. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I just thought it was weird that it was the visa as well. Like yeah, the, the episode that. that we're doing this week. This week's, I know. Yeah. Because I mean, we're totally random. I'm yeah. Like, other Seinfeld pods. That's right. So we that don't do sense. it in chronological order. No, that's right. Anyway, what's your second one? So, again, it was from my uh, partner, and it's kind of a repeat of one that she gave me two or maybe three weeks ago. She's just literally, as of today, finished watching The Nanny all six seasons. She's blasted through them in like three weeks. Nice. And in one of the final episodes, Niles, I don't know the context of the episode, but she just sent me, uh, she was watching it upstairs and I was downstairs, and she sent me a video on her phone of Niles coming up to Fran saying that he, he wants to sort of do more than being a butler, like he's trying to find you know a reason to exist beyond just serving the uh what are they called the sheffields yeah and uh he holds up a script and uh and fran goes niles i keep telling you you've got to stop writing seinfeld scripts the show is over (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like us yeah yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) nice yeah so (laughs) i think this episode was from 1999 and seinfeld ended in 1998 before yeah 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 Yeah, so that was a cool you know a a similar seinfeldism to what i've had before but uh, one nonetheless and another seinfeldism from the nanny because i think two or three weeks ago you had another seinfeldism from the nanny yeah that's what i just said like it's similar to oh, one I've yeah, had yeah, recently yeah, before. Yeah, very, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I think in that one, CC makes reference to Seinfeld. That's right. Yeah. Uh, with Niles. I can't remember the exact quote, um, but it was, yeah, something similar. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any Seinfeldisms? No, none this week. No. No. Well, I think the uh, the no hugging, no learning shout out belongs to both of us. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. That's for you and I. Yeah. Well, actually, I do have a Seinfeldism of sorts, I guess. I have like Google News and then I get like random news articles. And one of them was Jerry Seinfeld was actually on a Mark Maron's podcast. Oh, okay. Well, WTF. funnily enough, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the Seinfeld news oh, that's article the new- I had this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah I, I listened to it. Yeah, it was actually, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I listened yeah. to it too. Yeah. A lot of comedy talk, uh, which I find boring. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've said that many times on this podcast. I was thinking when, like, I was thinking of you because I yeah. know you've said that a few times. Yeah, I did find it a bit monotonous at times, but it was good to get an insight into Jerry and uh, and that kind of scene. I liked him talking about the history of New York comedy in the 70s. He went into a lot of detail about the comedy clubs and, mm, yeah, you know, yeah. what the sort of the politics were and what the vibe was and stuff. I really enjoyed that. And the people he looked up to. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. 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 And he sort of, he talked about some interactions with some famous comedians. And I think he mentioned like how he met Larry David and how he started working. 
working with him. I found the history really interesting. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just yeah. the actual like mechanics of comedy gets a bit tiresome. Mm, yeah, definitely. So that was your sign for that is yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mark Maron's podcast is WTF? What the what the fuck? Yeah, and I think it's last week's episode has Jerry, uh, and it's a really really good episode. And surprisingly, Mark was saying in the preamble before the interview that he, uh, it was actually Jerry that got in touch with him. Oh, because he's been wanting to get Jerry Seinfeld on for years because I think he's done the podcast since like what oh eight oh nine. Yeah, he was one of the original. Maybe. Yeah, he was in yeah. the first sort of group of podcasters, the and pioneers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And yeah, it turns out that he was surprised because he thought uh, maybe Jerry doesn't want to speak to someone like me, but no, Jerry wanted to talk to him. So oh. there you go. I didn't. I didn't. I must admit, I usually skip the preamble and oh, just get straight right. into the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's usually with Mark, it's usually just a lot of plugging of oh, his like comedy yeah, shows and stuff, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, of course. But yeah, that's an interesting point. Nice. Yeah. So cool. It was a good, uh, good episode. Check it out. One final point I found really interesting in the interview with Mark is that it's brought up, and I never knew this about Jerry. Maybe it was just rumors in the '90s when Scientology was, you know, the sort of the uh, the punching bag for Hollywood or for for the public really apparently there were rumors flying around that jerry may have been a scientologist yes and yes. mark actually asked him about it in the interview yeah yeah and he said that in 1975 he went to one like court like a like a day course or something like that he found it interesting from just like a you know like a topological not topological like an anthropological point of view mm, right. but uh he didn't really you know he wasn't inspired to go back or to become a scientologist and he didn't really take much from it hmm. and i think somehow that started a bunch of rumors maybe yeah. in the 90s that he may have been a scientologist the media just blows it out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably like, you know, someone probably mentioned to someone once, oh, Jerry went to a class 20 years ago. Oh, he must be a Scientologist now. And that's enough to do several articles. Yeah, yeah he yeah, must, yeah. you know, he must believe in Zeno and all the, all, the, <laughs> all, all the stuff they believe in. The only way I know about Scientology and how it works is through that South Park. It's yeah. Trapped in the closet. That's, I think that's I, the only way type thing. That's the only education I've ever had on Scientology. I think that blew people's perceptions open about, oh, this is what they actually believe. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I love I love how there was that caption saying this is what the Scientologists actually yeah. believe. It's like for real. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't. Made up. I think a lot of like your average day to day Scientologists don't believe in like the sort of metaphysical alien stuff. It's more about like the philosophy and the you know the teaching, the day to day teachings. Mm. Uh, but there are some people who definitely believe the whole shebang. Complete side note, and definitely not a sponsored shout out. But there's a really good podcast I listen to called Behind the Bastards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And every yeah. week, or uh, I think twice a week, the host just sort of picks you know really horrible people in history and just does like a full biographical analysis but he also tears them apart because they're all garbage yeah and he does one on l ron hubbard and you know it's about him but obviously a big part of it is about scientology and man some of the stuff that he did is just fucking bananas oh wow like, absolutely because he wasn't allowed to practice scientology or there was a lot of criminal charges uh, against him you know he tried to move to different countries to set up the religion but because a bunch of other countries aren't as free you know as america is in terms of setting up religion he literally bought a ship and just sailed the high seas for like five or six years. <laughs> nice. Just so he wasn't subject to, to specific countries' laws and okay. stuff. Like, yeah. it's absolutely mental. So, as you do. <laughs> yeah. So, check it out behind the bastards, L. Ron Hubbard. It's a wild, wild story. What a scumbag. Yeah, total. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, let's take a really quick break and uh, we're going to come back and talk about some secondary characters from season four's The Visa. You're listening to, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Today we're talking about the secondary characters from The Visa Season 4, Episode 15. First aired in the US on January 27, 1993, directed by Tom Sharones and written by Peter Melman. In this episode, Jerry returns from a two-week tour to find that his old friend Babu, played by Brian George, whom Jerry drove into bankruptcy by suggesting he change the menu to Pakistani at his cafe, is working at Monk's. He's also living down the hall from Jerry, who is shocked to find that Babu was arrested for overstaying 
staying his visa because his mail got mixed up with Jerry's. George, meanwhile, asks an attractive lawyer, Cheryl, she's played by Maggie Hahn, to go out with him. She laughs at everything he says and he tells Jerry to butt out and not be funny. When they hear that Cheryl does immigration law, they ask her to take care of Babu's case and, it, of course, it doesn't go well. Kramer, meanwhile, returns early from a fantasy baseball camp. His whole life is a fantasy camp. <laughs> Kramer tries to brush back Joe Peppertone, leading to a bench-clearing brawl where Kramer knocks his hero, Mickey Mantle, unconscious, one of the greatest ball players of all time. <laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah. Wild. Uh, other secondary characters, Ping Wu, he plays Ping. Uh, John Hamelin plays Babu's brother. And Gary, or Jerry rather, Bedknob, that's his name, Jerry Bedknob, <laughs> is Babu's friend. How unfortunate. Yes. Now, um, Stephen, there's not much trivia in this episode. You only have one bit of trivia. I was surprised. Yeah, we uh, have the same trivia piece. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that trivia is that JLD and Ping Wu, who played Ping in this episode, uh, worked together on an episode of Arrested Development. It was episode 17 of season one. It was called Justice is Blind, and they were both cast as Maggie Liza and Proctor, respectively. There That's it. Go. Yeah. That's all the trivia. That's all the trivia for the episode. You think there'd be something? Yeah. Anything. Yeah, no. Weird. Probably we the can... least trivia I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd think. say so. We, done, let's yeah. just make up our own trivia. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anything? We're honest to a fault. We're bad liars. We can't just make stuff up. No, we can't. We're not like George. No. No. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Cheryl Fong, my man, to start off with. So she's played by retired actress Maggie Hahn. She's appeared in the films The Last Emperor, Junior, and Open Season. And her last known acting credit was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1996. Oh, yeah. I, I think she's a really good actress. Maybe yeah. she just retired. She's or... really good. No, it does say that she's retired. Oh. So she's probably retired for a few decades. But okay. Now she was really good in this episode. Yeah. Her character appears again in the pilot, so the season four finale, as one of the people watching Jerry on TV, that mm. montage of like all the season four Yeah, characters. the reaction montage. That's right. And uh, in that one, she's watching the show with Ping, and Ping asks her why she was attracted to him. Doesn't she give a response about the fact that he was so dark? Or yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she is a very complicated woman. She, she She's really warm and friendly, but she's also got like a real kind of almost mean streak. The fact mm. that she, you know, she was kind of half joking, but it was half serious as well when she says to Elaine, you know, just between you and I, you would have paid through the nose. Absolutely. And I think she was just affirming her confidence, you know, in her lawyer abilities, which is well-founded because uh, like Ping said, she's never lost a case in the call of the Terminator. But just to bring that up into some, like, you know, she does this favor for this person, which is a really nice thing, but then also throws in that line. It's a bit like, uh, okay. Okay, like you've done this nice thing to me, but then you've also told me that if I didn't do the thing, you were going to fuck me over. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would be a bit confused by that. Well, I feel like because I know many people who uh, work in law and who work in immigration law, especially people who come from like overseas, so yeah. they they feel empathy for other immigrants, and you know, lots of immigrants might not know their rights. So yeah. I think I think Cheryl's really passionate about her work and uh, yeah. and uh, and Ping says that she wins basically every case. So yeah. I think she was just trying to rub it into Elaine saying, hey, you know, I could have like really fucked you over. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I understand her intent. Just yeah. her timing of that line seemed a bit confusing because Elaine's like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, Cheryl's like, you're also nice. You know, I didn't want to go through with it, but also I could have fucked you over. It's just like a bit of a 180 in that moment. It was kind of, I, I felt like it was more of like a threat, like a passive aggressive. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why because she's been so nice and so warm mm, yeah, yeah, she was so she was that, yeah. so you know impressed with well three out of the core four or two and a half out of the core four mm. that she convinced her cousin to drop the case but then throwing that line in I don't know it was just 
just a bit of a curveball. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Fair enough. Well, she does have lots of uh, leeway or mercy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's not ruthless. No, 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 no. I, yeah. um, you know, she's obviously got a heart if she's happy to convince her cousin to drop the case based on the fact that they're nice people and it was, you know, an, an unfortunate accident. Mm. But yeah, just the fact that she throws that in there was just, I was just like, oh, okay. Mm. Uh, that would have taken, if I was Elaine in that moment, I would have been a bit like, that was probably unnecessary. Yeah, you didn't need that. Yeah. But then we find out that Ping uh, says that the case is back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, and, and, they get, and they're looking for double the damage. Double the damages. Double. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, the core four probably deserve it. Yes. Um, the fact that they're all just like liars and weirdos. Oh, but and they get theirs in the end. They, they do. Finale, they do. So, they do. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I also thought sort of made her a bit mean is that fair enough, she doesn't want to have anything to do with Jerry, George or Elaine after everything that happens in the episode. But the fact that she seemingly abandons uh, Babu, you know, yeah. even though even though Babu, as her case was brought on by them, if, if she's passionate about immigration, maybe her, you know, maybe she's like a first generation Chinese American. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe her parents were immigrants and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe inspired by their stories of difficulty of trying to sort of integrate into American life. She thought this is something I want to pursue and help and make it easy for other people. Yeah. But the fact that she, you know, that's just a hypothesis, but the fact that she just sort of seemingly abandoned Babu mm. almost as like a, a get back, you know, yeah. to get back. That's like. So, you, so that uh, empathy that I mentioned before, yeah. that didn't exist for Babu. No, it's sort of, it, it, she, she seems to be really like, like her feelings about things chop and change really quickly. Yeah. Like really chaotically almost. Mm. And also she, it's funny because you mentioned that she has, you know, she's got mixed emotions and stuff. She At one minute she's laughing at George and, you know, she thinks that he's a really funny guy. Yeah. And then she's really attracted to like Jerry's ultra nihilistic personality he's, yeah. got, he's taken the nihilism up like 10,000 yeah. fold yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and she's really into like the dark brooding personalities as well so yeah I don't think that she's uncertain of herself I just think that she I don't know there's there's some sort of lack of consistency there yeah in, yeah. in her character maybe maybe because she works in law and it's very like a, I guess while the work working with immigrants can be very you know rewarding and stuff it's probably she probably seeks you know, more excitement outside of her work. She's probably just all work, 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 and she doesn't really have much time for a break. So she just, you know, when she finds something which is a bit left of centre, someone making a joke or someone who's really, like, dark and interesting, I think it probably resonates with her. So any form of unconventionality, is that a word? (laughs) Any any form of someone (laughs) being unconventional, whether it's Jerry being dark and brooding or George just sort of being, you know, a funny kind of kooky guy in in the diner. Or at least appearing to be funny. Yeah, Yeah, at, at least initially. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though they're very different personality types... Mm. The fact that they're slightly unconventional, she's just attracted to unconventionality in general. Yeah, is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. That, I think that's a good take actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it certainly do- that certainly doesn't explain her, you know, shift in like I'm going to help this person and then fuck over this other person. Yeah, like which it's, doesn't it's, make sense. Yeah, it's just yeah. very, very inconsistent, very maybe confusing. She, maybe she's just really selective on who she helps. Yeah, maybe she's not as compassionate as I thought. You know, like Ping said, they call her the Terminator, and I don't think that's just because of her perfect case. Yeah, a record. Yeah, yeah. Record. Yeah. I think it's also, you know, she probably has like a, like I said, she has a mean streak and I think she's happy to let Babu be deported just to sort of get like indirect revenge on the mm-hmm. core four. Yeah. Which yeah. is really unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. You know. For Babu. Babu had to be the one in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, but just to sort of maintain her reputation of this ruthless lawyer, I think she she's happy to do that, mm. even if it sort of fucks with people's lives. And I'm guessing she's never even met Babu for a consultation. No, so She probably no, doesn't no. even know who he is. So, no. you know, to her, she's like, he's a stranger. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he's you know. he's just, he's sort of nebulous. He yeah, doesn't, yeah, you know, yeah. he exists on paper. 
That's mm, it. That's it. Yeah, but at the same time, even though we've sort of ragged on her a lot, <laughs> I still kind of liked her. I yeah, found her, yeah, I found her really charming. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think I like, she'd be good company. Yeah, I think she would be too. Yeah, I, I like the fact that her last name's Fong, mm. and that's the alias that George gives to the Chinese guy at the opera. In the oh, opera episode, that's it's Harry true. Fong. Oh, it's my friend Harry Fong. <laughs> I wonder so, if he remembered Cheryl. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I don't know. Was that? After this episode? I don't remember. I think the opera is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it mm. might be before, I think. Fong. I don't know. Actually, I think it's before this. Okay. I think it's before. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the fact that they use Fong within like three or four episodes. Co- coincidence. Yeah, very coincidence. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, re- I really like that. But yeah, I think she'd be pretty cool to hang out with. Um, I reckon she'd be uh, into the booze. I reckon she'd drink hard. I but she'd probably drink some... the top shelf stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, she's a high paid, high paid lawyer. Yeah. I reckon yeah. she'd be, yeah, into the top shelf whiskey and wine and, you know, whatever else. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, she'd get the top shelf stuff. I think with her, she probably just went straight into immigration law. Or maybe she tried, or actually, maybe she tried doing something a bit more broad mm. like maybe corporate law or tax law or something something which you know she was probably sick of less know. human focus yeah yeah maybe she was sick of defending like white collar criminals yeah and she was like god i need i need something more compassionate well her portfolio seems to be pretty wide um she says that she does divorce which is you know individuals mm. patents which is more of a probably representing a lot of corporations immigration and naturalization so my guess is maybe she it reminds me a bit of kim wexler she's a character on better call saul where she uh, represents like high-end banks and clients mm, right. but you know she finds it soulless and just not very rewarding so when she can she tries to represent you know small businesses and individuals and do like a lot of pro bono work so that she doesn't feel like her soul is being completely sold right so maybe maybe it's something like that with with Cheryl where you know she makes a lot of money from representing bigger companies because that's where the bucks are yeah, yeah. but so that she doesn't feel completely soulless she probably represents you know immigrants and you know the the little people I think yeah. she I think she does both she does both and, and yeah she helps with the immigrants because she her parents were immigrants themselves yeah. and she's probably seen like you said the struggle of them trying to understand the law their rights yeah so she kind of comes in to help them because I have met people because I used to do um, community radio for a multicultural radio station as yeah you know, that was one my two that I used to volunteer for and uh, yeah a lot of people who worked in like advocacy and rights and all that like human rights and all that sort of thing lots of people would like do their jobs like with uh, you know like immigrants and people who recently arrived here yeah I imagine it would be a pretty common struggle regardless of your background or your circumstance you know just trying to integrate into uh, a different society where customs and language and culture is very very different Mm. I I don't imagine that would be easy for for really anyone yeah yeah, so yeah yeah, I, I think she I think she likes existing or practicing law at both levels like the high-end corporate stuff that pays the big bucks but also the human side of it as well so mm. i think she's a very complicated woman i think she is yeah yeah, yeah. but she seems to enjoy her work yeah she does <laughs> she's a well she's a gun lawyer they, yeah they call her the terminator. the terminator and i love when pink says at the end hasta, hasta la vista it, baby. it definitely dated this episode like <laughs> it, <sure did. laughs> it was kind of like you know when the matrix came out for like three years after that every single movie did the uh the, the bullet time yeah the yeah, bullet yeah, time yeah, thing yeah. it was you know hasta la vista baby definitely dated this to 1992 because that yeah. was that was the that was the movie reference joke for everything for like two or three years. It was certainly a time capsule. Yeah. for the early nineties, <laughs> definitely. Do you have anything else on Cheryl? No, that's about it. Yeah, and like I said, this is her second, well, her first of two appearances, and like I said, she appears in one very brief scene in the pilot. Yep, season four. Anyway, let's talk about uh, Babu's brother. Yep, just sure. a little bit. No, I don't know much on him, but no, he's only one scene. That's it. He's played by John Hamelin. He's appeared in TV shows, Amazing Stories, and The A Team. And uh, yeah, he's basically like Babu, same mannerisms. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't similar have that accent. Uh, high kind. Of, yeah, similar accent. He doesn't really have that high kind of voice. Like Babu's a bit deeper. Yeah, he's uh, definitely an animated man. 
you know, I mean, he's probably stressed because his brother was just deported and yeah. he's trying to figure out what's going on. And, yeah. you know, he's probably upset the fact that a lawyer was supposed to represent him. And like he said, where's Babu? Yeah, show me Babu. <laughs> show Where me is Babu. he? Where is Babu? That's such a good line. I know. <laughs> I it's like a, that. It's a nice throwback to the cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Babu and his family, because Babu mentions his family in the first scene, I feel like he probably came first and then brought his brother over. Oh, I okay. I think he might have been one of those kind of scenarios. Right. Yeah, because Babu seems more uh, integrated into American life, whereas I think Babu's brother is probably still learning the ropes. He probably moved probably in the last year or so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If I had to come up with a hypothetical backstory on Babu's brother. Okay. <laughs> don't have much to work with. But yeah. yeah. No, I think that's fair. Mm. Um, I mean, he's obviously been uh, in America long enough to have a very strong opinion about Snapple. Oh, yes. As too fruity. Too fruity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snapple is quite sweet, actually. It is, yeah. I've had it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's nice. uh, it's it's fine, but it's uh, you can't drink a lot of it. Only with one percent fruit juice. <laughs> nice fruit drink. <laughs> fruit drink, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Babu in the context of this episode, eh? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So he's played by Brian George, and this is his second of three appearances on Seinfeld. He's appeared in the cafe, which we've done an episode on from season three, and he's also been in the finale. And it's very appropriate because Babu in the final scene says one day i'll seek my vengeance against jerry and yeah. uh several seasons later he does it he's the last person to testify against uh the four four yeah the jerry on the stand yeah i mean obviously they didn't set up the finale you know towards the end of season four no but course. um you know i'm guessing they were thinking who would be good to bring back for the finale oh i remember that scene at uh the end of yeah. uh the visa because he vows his vengeance yeah yeah, yeah he does yeah. so yeah, so, yeah, yeah a, a, a good long payoff yeah absolutely and uh, like i mentioned at the start we have done an episode on babu what's the deal with babu bath so if you want a full in-depth analysis of him throughout the entire run that he's been in or three episodes go back to that but uh yeah i mean in this episode i, I think it shows that babu is a really forgiving guy as well because jerry basically fucked him over with the pakistani restaurant you know, yeah, terrible advice. I, I remember when we did What's to Deal with Babu, but we, we kind of, I think we both came to some sort of conclusion that, you know, Jerry was, uh, you know, his intention was nice, but it was misguided. Yeah. But Babu needs to accept some responsibility of just taking him up on that offer. Just That's like, right. oh, I'll just do that impulsively. Like, yeah, it's he, not entirely yeah. Jerry's fault. No, it's not. It's not. But I feel like Babu probably had enough reasoning to understand that that was the case. Yeah. And he probably forgave Jerry and said, look, yeah, it's, part of it was my fault. Too. Yeah, it would be hard to accept responsibility when you're just trying to make a go of it in a new country. Yeah. And it all just goes down the toilet. Of It'd course. be pretty hard to not be angry. Mm, of course, of course. But it's funny, I mean, because when that scene where he's in the detention center I guess or immigration center whatever they call yeah. it in the US behind the fence and there's Elaine and Jerry and, and you know Jerry says oh you know the mail got mixed up oh that happens like Babu's like yeah yeah that's yeah fine. he's that's very fine. understanding he's very understanding yeah of course mail gets mixed up and you know you could have taken you know I could have taken your mail you know blah 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 while you were away and Babu's really kind and polite but as soon as it's something that affects Babu saying oh your papers were stuck in there he goes what yeah. You know, what'd you say? He changes. And he goes, I'll kill you. And he just goes from like, like you were saying at the start, joy to rage. Yeah. And I love I love that range of emotions from Brian, the actor. Yeah. It's no, just like, good. I love how he just can go from zero to a hundred. Like yeah. A second. Yeah, it's good. Great yeah. acting. Yeah. I don't think it would be like that in situations where the stakes weren't so high. He seems to only exhibit that jump from, you know, happy joy to rage when it's either his business going down the toilet or his entire life, mm. which is, you know, fair enough in the in the in the circumstance. But, you know, if if something small happened to him in everyday life, like if he, I don't know, kicked something or, you know, if, if something small that wasn't that significant, I don't think he would blast no. or sort of blow up. No. It's no. just when it's uh life changing oh, stuff. Oh, being deported from uh, yeah. 
the country you've or, immigrated to. Or my yeah. entire business, yeah, you know, melting under. before my eyes. Yeah, that's right. Me Which, and my family have to go back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, he just, um, yeah, he just seemed, uh, yeah, he was obviously really angry. And uh, I, if anything, this was Elaine's fault because Elaine picked up Jerry's mail. Yeah, look, if so. I was going to place blame on someone, I'd do it on Elaine. Because like Jerry says, you know, I asked Elaine for my mail repeatedly you know like he makes a point and it has babu's name on it yeah jerry's you think elaine would have gone through the mail and said oh babu but oh i better go back to the apartment and and do it but no she probably just grabbed the mail and threw it on a pile yeah probably didn't even look yeah yeah it could have been anything because obviously back in the 90s email wasn't really a thing so you couldn't get stuff i mean these days you'd log into like a government portal like a website and you, yeah. you know, do your application through there but back then it's all mail yeah so i feel like though that if this was the one and only immigration form i don't think any bureaucracy especially new york immigration would be like we'll send you a letter on monday if it's not back by next monday you're out yeah i feel like they'd send like reminder letters or they call they'd call yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it would be a much more drawn out process to allow people to actually apply mm. so i mean i understand for the sake of the 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 plot that they, it needed to be like an accelerated process but it was it was was something that I found I couldn't suspend that you know of just like hang on one letter and then he's out unless in a week. if it was the final letter yeah and yeah maybe that's... and maybe things got lost in the mail maybe we got like five other letters and they got lost somehow yeah or something went wrong and then he got his final letter maybe yeah and Elaine didn't see like the big final warning or final notice in red writing on the envelope could be yeah well they didn't say it was a final warning no, it was, no like no. it was the actual application it was the form. application form. Yeah, yeah so based on this I'm you know I'm assuming it was the one and only letter which you know for the again, Again, for the sake of the episode, I understand. Mm. But, uh, you know, when you think about it realistically, yeah. it's like nothing would happen that quickly. Yeah, that didn't really make sense for no, me either. No, I'm no, like, no. Surely, yeah, surely they would have done something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could have addressed it in the episode and, like, had it so that, I don't know, Babu's postal address was wrong or there was yeah. something like Newman was screwing it up or something. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. But I feel like if this was a later season episode, they'd go more in depth with it. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, you know, the postal address was wrong or yeah. something. And then that would lead on to Babu being deported yeah. after, like, the whole episode. Yeah, not just one letter, see yeah, later. Yeah, I feel like like they probably just I think they use Babu more to bring out the character of Cheryl more yeah. than anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean cuz like you said if Babu was never brought back from season 3 and he came back for the finale it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was more about Cheryl and yeah. and trying to advance the plot the subplot of Elaine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So with the with the lawsuit, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, do you have anything else about Babu? No, I just have a few notes on Ping. So this is actually the first time we've ever spoken about him on the podcast. So he's been in the episodes, uh, the tape, and the Virgin. Actually, no, he's been in the pilot. Sorry, yeah. But, yeah. In the, but in a brief role, like we've mentioned several times. But uh, in the tape and the Virgin, we haven't done those episodes yet. Huh. So he's been in those. So he's played by Ping Wu, who's known for Silicon Valley, Scorpion, and Madam Secretary. And in the Virgin, uh, he's delivering something to Jerry. And then Marla has an argument with Jerry about, uh, you know, contraception and being a virgin and that sort of thing. And she runs off and Elaine feels bad and runs off to get her. Mm. And then she inadvertently off screen knocks Ping off his bike. And then yeah. he gets into an accident. He's he's injured. Yeah. Uh, so th- so then he decides to do a lawsuit against Elaine and hires his cousin Cheryl. And then to that sets up this thing. episode. That's right. Yeah. So I think Ping. I feel like Cheryl might have talked him into doing the lawsuit. I think okay. Ping's like a really, he's probably just a really, like from other episodes, he's a really down-to-earth kind of guy. He's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? I feel like a lawsuit isn't something he would have thought of. I bet you it's probably his 
cousin, he told his cousin, and his cousin was like, no, you got to sue. I'm going to disagree slightly. I reckon Ping, because he's kind of got a bit of a, like, a smarmy attitude. Like, I can't remember which episode it is. You know when he just walks in and starts talking? Oh, sorry, when Jerry needs him to translate, he orders something on, on oh, no, over no, the no, phone. No, that's, that's George. He orders that boarding cream. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, he does the translation, which is fine. And then he just sort of sits down and makes himself at home, and Jerry just starts having, like, a casual conversation in Chinese. And Jerry's just looking at him like, what are you doing? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and, sure. yeah, you know, yeah. And I think that just demonstrates a tiny bit of just, like, arrogance. Right. And okay. even the way even the way he uh, tells Elaine that the law the uh, lawsuit's back on, he's quite, like, uh, smug about it. Right. He's like, you know, the lawsuit's back on and, you know. Uh, uh. So, I reckon. Oh, yeah, I always thought it was Cheryl talking into his ear. See, I reckon. But, no, you made a good point about the tape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, just, yeah. you know, he's got a bit of an attitude, I guess, mm. or a bit, like, a bit of a slight arrogance about it. He's like a young dude, probably. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, 20s. cocky and just, like, yeah. doesn't really care. He's probably gone through college at the yeah. time or something. I would assume that, because uh, Elaine said that he's a delivery boy, that maybe he's just working to pay for college or something. Yeah, you know, That yeah. he's studying. Maybe he maybe he really looks up to Cheryl and he's studying law or something similar. Maybe. I would assume that uh, in terms of, you know, what encouraged him to do the lawsuit, maybe he was thinking about it, but he wasn't sure. And mm. he thought, I'll ask Cheryl to see if I have a case. And then, you know, once he explained the situation, Cheryl was like, yep. So, I think I think he was thinking about it and Cheryl just got him over the line. Yeah. More, yeah. Than, more than just Cheryl, like out of the blue convinced him. Fair enough. Well, I haven't seen the tape in a long time yeah. since we've done this pod. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that make, you make a really good point. At first, like, at first I thought that maybe Ping was put up to it by Cheryl, but now you mention it. Yeah. He does not have that kind of smarmy attitude. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a bit cocky and a bit, uh, you know, is, a bit yeah, arrogant. Like, I, yeah. I like him. I think he's cool. Yeah, yeah I love his good, jacket. Yeah. I wanted a very similar jacket in the 90s. <laughs> You know, starter S T A R T E R was that, like those the cool. Were big back in the yeah, day. they were like the cool brand. Yeah. I used to, you know, collect basketball caps with starter on them. Ah, nice. And uh, yeah, I never saw those jackets in Australia. I used to see them on shows and stuff in America. But he's got like the, I think it's a New York Knicks, like you know, like official merchandise starter jacket. Mm. And uh, yeah, really cool. Yeah, like really, a, a, yeah. a nice little n- nostalgic throwback for me. Yeah. So when he delivers pizzas, yeah, yeah. he's just he's got it on. Yeah, he's kicking it, keeping him warm. Yeah, keeping him warm. Keeping yeah, it warm. yeah, you know, young and trendy and cool and stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you mentioned that he's really admiring of Cheryl. I think mm, he is. Yeah. I think he's seen that Cheryl's gone through a lot of stuff in her life. Yeah. You know, and uh, probably grown up with experiencing racism, like yep. many people, like minorities do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Pings would have experienced it as well. For sure. Uh, especially anti-Asian sentiment uh, back in those days. And also even a bit today as well, during yeah. the you know, whole COVID-19 situation, yeah. that sentiment's unfortunately rising back up into the, the surface. Yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Just, if you're listening, just. Don't be racist. Just yeah. treat just treat people nicely. Yeah, just I'm sure all nicely. of our listeners do that already. But just in case, yeah, yeah, just just be nice. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in the world, and everyone just needs to be a bit kinder. Yeah, so a little bit kinder, just yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's, anyway, that's our PSA for the week. Yeah, that's it. Don't do drugs. <laughs> no, don't do drugs. <laughs> At least some. No, no. Drugs are fine. Yeah, drugs are bad. Just no, racism no. is not. No, racism. <laughs> that's 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 a pretty easy thing to understand. <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. Drugs aren't for everyone. Racism is for no one. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No room for that. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any other notes? about any other secondary characters, Ivan? No, it was pretty short, actually, with the secondary characters. But anyway, let's take a really quick break and we're going to find out where the visa sits in our episodes that we've reviewed so far and if any of today's secondary characters make our top 20 of all time. Oh, Cheryl, can I ask you a legal question? Um, I'm being sued. Oh, what happened? Uh, well, I ran out to apologize to a virgin. I crossed against the line. <laughs> and I knocked over the delivery boy. Was he Chinese? Yeah. Is your, is your last name Bennett? How did you know? Oh, God. Ping is my cousin. No. <laughs> so I'm funny. handling his kid. 
<laughs> you were Cheryl Fong? That's right. Oh, oh my god. god, I can't believe it. <laughs> this is such a weird one. <laughs> wow, well, I, uh, I guess you don't have any advice for me on how to win the case. Okay, do any of today's secondary characters appear in your top 20? Unfortunately, no, my friend. How about you? No, but honourable mention to Cheryl. I did, uh, even though she's uh, got some maybe less than reputable aspects to her personality and she makes some pretty cruel choices that uh, affect someone's life, <laughs> yeah. uh, for some reason I did find her uh, charming. Yeah. Right, so honourable mention to her. Yeah, me too. I appreciated Maggie's performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, sure. she's good. Yeah, she's good, yeah. Out of 131 episodes we've done so far, my friend, where does the visa sit for you? Uh, it sits at number 19. 19? Yeah. Wow, top 20 for you. I really like this episode. Okay, sick. Um, we were saying uh, off mic before that uh, you said it was a bit of a filler episode and I disagreed. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. in terms of plot line it's a filler episode. Like mm. nothing uh, major happens in terms of like progressing the overall narrative of season four. Like they don't mention the pilot or anything like that but i just found everyone was just firing all cylinders on this uh, okay. on this episode yeah yeah george's description of kramer was just perfect kramer um, recounting the fantasy camp fight. Ama- amazing yeah. kramer like yeah. physical comedy yeah even like jerry's performance like jerry's act like he's a you know it's it's widely agreed that he's not the best actor mm. but him pretending to be like this morose dark disturbed man i thought was hilarious yeah that was really well done yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and my favorite part was when george was appealing to cheryl that he's the disturbed I'm one i'm distressed <laughs> i'm disturbed I'm yeah. dis- i have it all <laughs> yeah i have it all <laughs> i have it all <laughs> what does it say not i'm the real deal i'm the the something deal yeah yeah um yeah that that I'm the package deal. Or yeah, something. I'm yeah. I'm the full package. The full package. Yeah, yeah, yeah something, something like that. that. I'm this. I'm disturbed. I'm depressed. I'm yeah, I'm, you want disturbed? <laughs> I just, I am sick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> you can't find sickness like <laughs> you that. You can't find sickness like that. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And yeah, yeah great and performance it, by Jason. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just the interweaving of Babu's storyline and uh, Cheryl's into Elaine's, I thought was really really good writing. Fair enough. So, uh, what about you? Uh seventy five. Okay. I felt like they. I wish they would have fleshed out Babu's storyline a little bit more and i feel like they just threw him in there to advance elaine's plot yep and also yeah but i mean he didn't have to come back but um yeah no it was funny i had lots of chuckles especially with kramer but like i keep saying 75 out of 131 there's still not bad there's still there's like no bad seinfeld episode no per se i mean there's below average ones but that's still a good rating so yeah that was the visa thank you so much for listening uh if you want to get in touch with us you can email bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com check us out on social media Uh, if you want to support us we do have a patreon uh you can find out all those details in our show notes and finally make sure you do check out our Seinfeld Facebook group, Seinfeldisms. Just type Seinfeldisms into your Facebook search bar and uh, join the fun. Indeed. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. Next week, we're going to season nine and we're talking about the secondary characters from The Burning. Nice. He stole my gonorrhea. <laughs> Mickey Abbott. That's the one where they're acting in like the medical oh, demonstrations. yeah. And then I think I think Mickey gets bacterial meningitis yep. and he wanted gonorrhea or Kramer got the gonorrhea. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like the yellow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this episode in oh, a long time. I, I can barely remember remember oh, it. it's a fun one yeah looking forward it's, to it it's fun anyway we'll see you then and, and like uh we said before big shout out to no hugging no learning the podcast who gave us a shout out on their latest episode yeah no so, much uh, appreciated guys yeah big uh, ups guys love your podcast and uh yeah share the love all right see you later <laughs>